Evening, everyone. My name's Thane Kirby, and welcome to Talk Back, which is a platform where basically you can engage with us via our comments in the comments section. You write something in the comments section, and then we'll address it on our show tonight. This is a show about politics, and every Wednesday, we love to welcome uh, our old mate, Bomber Bradbury, uh, Martin Bradbury, when he's in a meeting. Hello. How are you, Martin? Good. Hi, mate. How you doing? Very good. Um, so just quickly, if you're joining us for the very first time, Martin, you've been in politics a long time, you have? A long, a very, very long time, uh, Thane. I've been a, a, a political hitman for the uh, for the left, mostly, mostly, yeah. truth be told, truth be told. Mostly, uh, all for the left, pretty much. Setting, setting, setting up various political parties... Internal coups. What do you like about the left? I mean, what are they? I mean, apart from them paying you, uh, what's the attraction? Uh, I think when you, I think when you're brought up, when you, when you're born uh, into a working class family, uh, I think just politics happens to you. Yeah, you know, you live politics. You see the injustice and the being the underdog all the time, and you're like, why do we keep getting shit on? Um, so I think, and also um, because my uh, my dad was very into the uh, into the communism, and so I would read a lot of the books on the family um, bookcase. I uh, was reading Lenin when I was ten, so um, that probably has a bit of an impact. How do you think communism's going these days? Oh, not too well, not too well. But I think it's I think it's ready for a comeback. I think it's ready for a comeback. Yeah. You just need like a Lewis and Co. You know those people that read kind of remix milk and stuff, but uh, you just need—is this a rebrand? You know, <laughs> right? This is a rebrand. That's 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 uh, that's that's marks over my shoulder there. There he is. Yes, yeah. close to luck. Oh yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh, Jacinda is traveling the USA, um, meeting early morning meeting with uh, President Biden. Uh, by all means, it was very huggy kissy without hugging and kissing each other. Um, he agreed to nothing. Um, but gave her an extra 30 minutes. Do you know anything else? How did that go? Uh, I think uh, in terms of a hearts and minds campaign, there is no question at all that Jacinda won over hearts and minds of America. Uh, They absolutely uh, adore her. I think they see in her a progressive politician that they could gravitate towards. She's young, she's vibrant, she's articulate. Uh, Her Harvard speech was a triumph. Um, I think it was a very important uh, trip because we geopolitically at a, at a stage where we need to be much closer to America. Uh, I think the frustration for many uh, within the New Zealand system, however, will be, as you pointed out, we got sweet bugger all out of it. Yes. In terms of our wallets, we got nothing. And, and, and I think that there is a fundamental question here to the United States if you want us to be an ally to you in the South Pacific to counter Chinese hegemony and, and, and them moving into our sphere of influence, well, you're going to have to help us decouple from the Chinese economy and actually sell directly into the American market. The only reason we've become so economically dependent on China is because America won't take the stuff that we make, right? right. So if they are serious about uh, treating us like an ally, if they are serious about countering Chinese influence, uh, then they've got to give us access to their markets. It's absolutely outrageous 
that Trump's steel and aluminium taxes and tariffs are still on New Zealand. He placed them on Australia and he placed them on Japan, but Australia and Japan have managed to get out of paying their tariffs. At the very least, you would expect tariffs to come off our steel exports. Yeah, but he's not giving us that, and it's so bloody frustrating. We just can't get one of these, what are they called, free trade deals? Well, I, I, I mean, I, the, the, the United States has no interest in entering these large um, collective deals, but you can have one-on-one trading deals with them. And what, 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 what Jacinda did gain out of this meeting was a renewal of an annual trade meeting where they sit down and they go through tariffs. So we have a one-on-one annual meeting with them now. Mm. But really, if we're going to avoid the kind of economic slump that we're looking at at the end of this year, we're going to need to have a lot more on the table immediately from America in terms of giving us access to their um, primary produce markets and agriculture markets and dairy markets. Welcome if you just joined us, everyone. Bomber Bradbury is our guest. Stephen McGinnis on the comments says, USA don't want nuclear-free allies. I mean, what do you think if the trade-off was, okay, guys, start throwing some nuclear in the mix and we'll come and talk to you? Um, I don't think they have that luxury. Um, the move by China is just so geopolitically destabilising. Um, I don't think that America is in a position to be that choosy about whether or not they want us to have, you know, be part of, they need us to be part of their alliance. They've already lost uh, a a couple of uh, Pacific Island nations because the Chinese have just moved in there. Um, I don't think that America can can be that choosy. They need us as much as we need them. Okay, speaking of the Chinese, though, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mahuta's not getting um, on a plane like the Australian diplomat did. She seems to be lukewarm on everything. We're not going to get a lot of answers from her. There's a couple of other um, MPs, Nicola Wood, defending her. But she seems fucking useless. Um, I, look, I, I, I think Nanaya Mahuta is under an enormous amount of pressure with the Three Waters stuff right now. I think that they have been caught flat-footed. I think New Zealand has been caught flat-footed. Um we are no longer in a benign environment geopolitically. We have a much larger power who is more than happy to start pushing into our sphere in our parts of the world. Um, what we're going to see from these bases that the Chinese are going to build, the, the, the real danger or the flashpoint is the Chinese have traditionally used these bases for their flish, fishing militia, and these huge fleets go out they push other nations' um, fishing ships off their off the um, the fisheries. Uh, there's clashes. Um, a coast guard will get involved, and then that's the justification for the Chinese to roll in the military. So we've seen them use these tactics time and time and time again. Um, we have been caught flat-footed. We have to start thinking about things like increasing our military budget. And I don't think that we've come up with a good plan of how to counter Chinese influence in the Pacific. I think that we can't outspend the Chinese, but we can outplay them. What if, for example, we had a, uh, a, a, an all-blacks touring the Pacific? We've got unique characteristics with our culture. Sports and rugby is something that China couldn't bloody compete with. Um, what if we were really champions of journalism in the Pacific? We have an amazing AUT journalism school in New Zealand. 
What if we were a real pusher and provider of journalistic talent and values around the Pacific so that you actually had a free media in those Pacific islands able to talk about the influence and the politics and what's going on? Yes, but do you think if we just kind of bred pandas really well and set up some kind of panda world and kind of held them to ransom, uh, they love pandas. They love the pandas. They do anything for pandas. I don't think we're going to pander to them on the pandas. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, it's too pandering. Too pandering. Uh, I, I, in terms of in terms of your criticism, Nanaya, look, I, I, I think it is fair. I think that this is a unique thing that's happened. Um, where I think we should be going is the government should be turning around to someone like Winston Peters and saying. We would love you to be the new ambassador for the Pacific, Winston. Lovely. Yes. Get out there on the get out there on and, and meet people and shake hands and find out what the bloody hell's going on. I think that's what we should be doing. We should be creating a new role called the ambassador to the Pacific, and Winston should be that ambassador. Fantastic. Okay. Um, if you just joined us, tuned in, thank you very much. You can lay, leave a comment uh, there. Uh, you can go to talkback.nz and uh, make a donation so we can continue to roll over. Hayden Smith says, uh, bit 11th hour, isn't it? New Zealand, especially Australia, haven't given a shit about Pacific Islands in years. Absolutely, right? And, th- and, this is, and, and this is us getting some of our comeuppance, right? Mm. We have only look, looked at the Pacific Islands as a source for cheap labour to yes. come over here and pick our fruit and vegetables and nothing else. We've given them very little in return. We take off them. Um, the second the, 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 the uh, labour market doesn't look good, we force them all back. I mean, the reason we can't get all high and mighty about the 501s and the Australians sending them back here to New Zealand is we do exactly the same thing to all the Pacific Islanders here. You know, you, you you run foul of the law. You're on the next bloody flight home. Mm. So um, I, I, we've we've done so little for our brothers and sisters in the Pacific. And when you consider that Auckland is the largest Pacific city in the world, I think we've got an obligation. I think we should be doing a lot more for our Pacific brothers and sisters. And so turning up just at the same time that China's now flashing its cash, yeah, look, it's a bit shitty. Uh, we're a bit shitty. But we aren't as bad as a terrible authoritarian communist regime that thinks human rights are just, you know, something they might, <laughs> might, might support one week and probably won't support the next. Are we doing uh, better than Australia at least? Pardon? Are we doing better than Australia at least? Oh, we're doing better at uh, everything than Australia. I mean, we, we're a bit shitty. They are total assholes to the Pacific. All right. Okay. Hey, I was reading something this week saying that uh, the New Zealand government have bought a whole lot. They own a whole lot of hotels because they can't get the building up uh, up and constructed. And that's where we're storing a whole lot of our poor people. And <clears throat> and then and it's just not working. Uh, they can't live next to each other. Uh, the hotel setting for our poor isn't the right way of doing it. It's causing a lot of trouble. Man, we, there's a lot of things at ground level, at roots level, we've got to fix first before we're off <clears throat> sending politicians around the world, right, and doing all that kind of stuff. We are effectively a broken country right now. Your thoughts? Um, you're absolutely right. Um, for such a long time, we have not done the heavy lifting in terms of the investment, just in the roading, in the waters, in the housing. We've been very laissez-faire. 
We've been, oh, let the free market decide. Very, very little regulation. And that's allowed, you know, monopolies, duopolies, oligopolies. Um, I, I, I think the fundamental problem we've had in this country is because we only see taxing working people as the way forward, right? So schmucks like you, schmucks like me, brothers and sisters who are watching the show right now, we all pay tax on our labor and none of us really want to have more tax on our backs. And I think that where we need to start looking at getting and gaining more taxation for the revenue and the structures that you're talking about and funding all the things is we need to be taxing corporations far more money, right? Not you and me. You and me and all of the people who are watching the show pay enough bloody tax. What we need to start doing is resetting the tax system so that it goes after the speculators, the greedy, and people who are actually damaging the planet, right? With that greed, it's not on you and me anymore. It should be on the corporations. And in terms of that, we should be looking at things like financial transaction taxes, right? Mm-hmm. What that would then do is capture the banks, it would capture the speculators, and it would capture people who are moving money around the world. Um, you'd be able to catch all of them, raise huge amounts of revenue, and then actually fund all of these things properly. Because we don't have a tax system that goes after the corporates, it, le- it's, it's, it ends up to you and me having to fund everything. And, of course, we're only holding on by our fingernails at the best of times. Why, Why can't we impose those things? Is this part of BlackRock? Is this part of... Well, this is, this is, and, this is, and this is the problem, right? Um, because politics has been reduced to just identity politics now, right? We don't talk about the economic hegemonic structure. We don't talk about how corporations keep getting things. I mean, the banks in the last three months have made $1.6 billion in profit. That's profit in three months. These pricks keep making this money, and, 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 and we just don't tax it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that if we want to make the true progress in this country, we've got to pull away from identity politics. We're going to talk, pull away from the stuff that's, you know, look at what's filling the news headlines at the moment. Santa Maria may be kissing someone. Oh, my God, it's a terrible. So, so all the focus is on that. No one's talking about how the corporations keep making all this bloody money. We don't tax these buggers anything. And this is why our schools are run down, why our hospitals are run down, why the system is so cripplingly underfunded. Um, so I think that in terms of the, the the politics of it, we need to start getting back to go after the bloody rich, right? But no one's going to do that. No, so. and, and, and this is and this is and this is the problem because it's 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 too difficult. Uh, the powers that are vested are going to push back against you, and it's much easier to run around playing games of is this racist? Is that not racist? Is this sexist? Is that not sexist? What's let's, the pronouns for this? It's let's, uh, I'm going to address this question, and then we're going to move on to that team. Okay. Lucky Labor spent shitloads on a walk, working on a tax working group and ignored everything. Fantastic. Um, they have uh, come out and have started um, using a bigger stick uh, with the supermarkets this week done nothing, the price freeze is all bullshit, and it's all PR and spin, they're promising everything, and this is a very big, hard unwind uh, for anybody to get involved with, but uh, Aldi and Costco, they look like they could be moving into this market and actually providing an alternative. Um, I heard the word on the street is, a big international could buy a warehouse 
and start pumping some money into it. Um, what's going to happen is a couple of these big players will come in and buy one, you know, store somewhere, just like Gull uh, Petrol, right? And there'll be a couple in certain areas, and then that'll be it. Mm-hmm. And then when we go, are we getting screwed again in the market? Mm-hmm. Like the petrol companies go, but we've got competition. Look, we've got Gull. <laughs> we've got three of them. That's competition. Uh, it's a load of garbage. Um, the, 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 the government is threatening the supermarket duopoly with a wet bucket, uh, a wet, wet bus ticket and a, and a slap on the wrist. Um, it's a load of garbage. It's not going to reduce the prices in any way, shape, or form the way that it needs to. Uh, the government should have had some balls and some 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 backbone and a spine and gone in and done what the Commerce Commission originally suggested, which was seize 30% of the bloody duopoly, seize 30% of the market, and start your own bloody supermarket. Um, here's, 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 here's where I'm hopeful on this. Because things are going to get so bad by December economically in this country, I think the government will be forced to review the situation and seriously look at taking 30% and starting their own um, uh, supermarket. I agree with you. I think they're going to leave this um, little Bunsen burner um, firing until the election so then they can swoop on in and say, told you, we, we mean business and we've done something. And then they're going to go, results, see everyone? You see, we couldn't do it, but we've done it. We bought. Well, that's, I mean, that's 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 where they're going to be forced. I think in December. I think that the prices are going to be so crazy, food inflation wise, uh, come December. The government's going to have to do something more. Isn't it a shame this is going to be used as a political football and just to for a book gaining points? Anyways, this guy from TVNZ, uh, Carmen Sandiego, what's his name? Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with him? Um, so what? He sent some texts. He was always a bit of a router back in the old days with his old job. I don't know, but yeah. um, as as far as I can tell, the um, the TVNZ staff were very upset and very unhappy that this decision to bring in Santa Maria was done without their agreement. So they had their noses out of joint to begin with. Yes, um, he has said something on the newsroom floor to a female um, staff member. Um, we're not sure what the actual thing has been said. There are a couple of versions of what's gone on uh, there, uh, and a couple of them have got nothing to do with being sexually forward um, or, or flirty or whatever. Um, there, there's, there's, so, so, there's, there's, so we don't know what was said, but then... Um, all of these other comments have come out and you're looking at them and one of them was an email where he was saying, you look really great in the in this blouse, kiss, kiss. And I claim that he kissed a staff member on the cheek. And you kind of, I mean, I thought, I thought when they said that he had, he was, he'd left for an inappropriate, um, uh, 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 interaction i thought he was taking dick pics right and then you actually look at what he's being accused of and you're like well these feel like misdemeanors at best and remember they're just allegations but in the post me too world uh alleg- the, the evidential threshold is whatever someone says on twitter and, and he's just he's been cut and and it, it but the, i think the problem for tvnz 
is that they're about to receive all this money with Radio New Zealand, TVNZ merger. It looks like their newsroom is in revolt, and there are question marks. Oh, do you really want to give us more money? Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, this guy seems maybe set up by disgruntled employees because they had no hand on choosing the person. You know, they've got. We don't. We don't, we don't know. All that's yeah. happened no, is an allegation has been made. And how, about, how about the PR rollout on day one? Uh, he's gone uh, to work on some a personal family matter. Yeah, saving his marriage after all. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But again, we don't. I just think that we're now in an age where, you know, you must believe, woman. You must believe. You know, you're not allowed to be skeptical in any way, or or the the presumption of innocence is gone. You know, it's it's almost like that's just a heteronormative due, uh, heteronormative cis male privilege due process. Um, his career is absolutely destroyed. He is over rover. It doesn't matter how innocuous or misdemeanor esque it was. He's now being accused of being an absolute perf. And it's interesting to note, isn't it? The last time stuff came out and said broadcaster made inappropriate comments, it was Martin Devlin, right, mm-hmm. over that situation. Mm-hmm. And Martin Devlin was goaded into a suicide attempt over that story. And what, of course, turned out was the inappropriate comments that they were insinuating about Martin Devlin. Mm-hmm. It was Martin Devlin dressing down a staff member at NZME who was shitting on the brand, saying, you know, I don't like working here. It's absolute crap. Isn't it terrible? And he pulled them aside and said, these people pay your, pay your bills. Mm. These people uh, are, are your employers. You shouldn't be crapping on the station that you work for. She construed those as inappropriate comments, and that's what was commented and reported in stuff. And, of course, it had incredibly negative impact on, on Martin Devlin. So... Um, that was the last time they've done this, and now they've done it with with um, Santa Maria as well. Uh, will we ever get to the bottom of what happened? I don't know, um, it, but but certainly his 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 career and his reputation after an amazing sixteen years at Al Jazeera, and he was incredibly well regarded. His 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 body of work was um, that's all up in flames now. He's gone. He's gone. Burgers. He's going to be the best um, dressed Uber driver Auckland's ever known after this. Awful. What a fall from grace. Anyways, uh, so uh, there was a poll that came out. <laughs> it said, said Labour could put a government together which, um, with uh, with the uh, Māori Party. Or the, what's the new name for the Māori Party? Are they called um, uh, Are we still the Māori Party? I can't remember it. Uh, te, te, te Pāti uh, Māori, I think, is, is yeah, what they like to call themselves. But they can alone. I mean, what do you reckon? This is like gold. Well, I mean, look, this is this is the reality about the 2023 election. It is going to be far more ideological and polarised than anyone we've ever had before. Um, Act to National's right are pulling at National all the way over to the right, and the Greens and the Māori Party on Labour's left are pulling Labour all the way to the left, um, I think that what's the, how it's going to be decided is is who New Zealand is frightened of more. Are they more frightened of a national act government or are they more frightened of a Labour-Green Māori Party government? And that's where I think the debate, that's what will decide the 2023 election. Who scares you most? National act, Māori, Green, Māori, uh, Māori Party, Greens and Labour. And, of course, with the whole co-governance issues, um, for some people, that's absolutely terrifying. 
But if you look at what the right want to do, ACT is talking about destroying five ministries plus the Human Rights Commission, plus cutting $8 billion annually out of welfare. So, you know, they both have very different ideas about what national, what, 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 what the what the country looks like post twenty twenty three, and we're going to have to get our heads around the fact that it's going to be a very revolutionary government, whichever one wins. What we've learned, though, if you rise the petrol cost, and if you, uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of work out there, but if you make the drive the price up on food, and you do all that. Then you get ram raids and then you get burglaries going through the roof. Then domestic violence goes on. You take $7 billion out of the welfare system. We are all, our premiums, you know how much our premiums are going to go up by? Holy shit, it's going to be chaos out there. And I don't think people understand or appreciate how seriously fucked the country is economically and how hard and fast that's going to hit. People are already seeing the valuations of their houses dropping. They're seeing their KiwiSaver dropping. They're feeling that pinch when they put up the, the, the when they when they put the petrol in their in their cars. They're feeling that pinch when they're just buying the most basics. I mean, I went out today and I just got a very 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 simple shop. Ended up costing me 140, and I'm just like, where? Did that money go, you know? And it's just all, the most basic stuff is so expensive and it's only going to get worse. Um, I, 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 we are barely being impacted by what's happening in the Ukraine right now, right? If this drags on, and they are now talking about this war going into next year, if this drags on another three months, we are going to see such a spike in food prices. I don't think we've seen anything like it. Um, four dollars warehouse is selling butter for limited for two. Four dollars are a thingy, right? But they put it in a fridge and they hide it so you can't find it. Um, so, and I think they've only got like fifty bits of butter in there. Um, so first in first serve type thing, but they use it as an advertising loss leader, like there. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, they've got the cheap milk. So I heard someone's got half a dozen eggs, milk, and butter for thirteen dollars. Right. If you've got to go to countdown, that's twenty two dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. oh, my God, something's going to happen. Anyway, yeah. mate, thank you very much. Uh, we'll be quickly through your uh, podcast because everyone's interested in politics as we uh, count down to the election. Uh, where can we find it? Uh, 7.30 Mondays. It's live uh, on the Daily Blog, Facebook, and YouTube, and then it's loaded up onto Apple Podcasts and Rover. It's the number one political podcast in New Zealand right now, uh, so check it out. It's always a lot of fun. Okay, mate. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. We'll see you again next Wednesday and every other week at Chapel Bow on a Sunday. DJ, thank you very much, matey. <laughs> Later, bro. Good night, mate. See you. 